Hello and welcome to the LCI Podcast. This is episode 12. We're on the brink of playoffs and with me today I have the hottest team in the league. Jaron, how you doing? Doing good, Reg. How are you doing tonight? Oh, not too bad. Coming off of a huge win myself and you coming off of oof, probably the closest one of the year. Yeah, that's tight. 0.32 is really close. Again, we were talking earlier. Not holding that one out until tomorrow morning <laughs> once all the corrections are posted. Mm-hmm. Breathe a little easier. Yeah, maybe maybe someone uh, got one of those little toss passes and they counted it as a run, but they'll change it to a catch or something later. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Now I'm not going <laughs> to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> nightmares. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have a feeling you'll be okay. Those are unlikely I to hope. happen, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, ho- I hope so. Anyway, need all of them right now. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, you're uh, the hottest team. You've won six in a row, something that's uh, unbelievable considering you lost the fantasy MVP, Derrick Henry, so long ago. Yeah, no doubt. Like, that's everything I listen to, like, all the shows. Everyone just has Derrick Henry. It's like their season's just in shambles, and mine did the reverse. I was on a horrible slide, and then I think I won one game with him, and then he went out, and that was that. And I just got a scrappy the team, just a bunch of RB two, three, possibly fours, filling some voids here, but it's worked out well. Yeah, well let's let's hop into your matchup here against Connor. And like you said, it came out to point three two against both of your quarterbacks kinda kinda stunk. <laughs> Somehow you can get away with a win with point six four from a quarterback. That's uh something to be impressed about. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like I hadn't watched much football on Sunday and I didn't check a bunch. And usually you get the odd update, you know, quarterback makes a big play. I wasn't getting any. I was like, I gotta, I gotta have a look and see. And he was at like point. I might have been negative at that point, even. It's like, this has to be a joke. <laughs> There's no ways in the negatives. And usually that happens, you know, the first couple plays of the game, you know, throw an early interception. But this is like in the third quarter. It's like, this is not looking good for me at all. So, I pretty much wrote the week off at that point and then, you know, kind of went into a Deontay Johnson and kicker battle come Monday night and thankfully it went my way, even though Chris Boswell put up a massive week with 14 points as well for a kicker. Okay, no yeah. Deontay Johnson with 101 yards, seven catches, and a touchdown in that pretty awesome uh, game against uh, the Chargers and the Steelers there. Quite a fun one to watch, unlike the <laughs> the Cowboys and the Chiefs that we all were kind of hoping would be something. Yeah, it's been a weird season for games like that. Like, there's been a few that you think would be good games. And, I mean, unfortunately, Chiefs have been a few of those, but it just turned into stinkers. Like, even like the last three weeks, there's massive upsets, right? And, like, I guess that's the fun of the NFL is it's not over until you play the game. So, but yeah, the Chiefs and Cowboys... 19 to 9, the low scoring game for two, what you'd consider to be superpower offenses. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I guess Dallas is down some weapons too, right? I think Zeke went out for a bit. They lost Cooper before the game. CD Lamb went out with concussion. So, and then their, um, their lineman was out too, right? They all, oh, lineman, Sean Taylor, is that his name? Uh, sounds right, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a huge part of that offense. So, Hopefully they shape it up and bring it back this week. Mm-hmm. And Connor's side, you know, his team 
he's probably suffering a bit from uh, an abundance of choices there. He, as he has been saying for the last few weeks, he has uh, too many RB twos and <clears throat> unfortunately made the wrong choices with uh, somehow with Gibson and Montgomery in and. On his bench, Clyde had the biggest game for him, and a little bit too bad. But I mean, I guess if someone gets injured, he knows who to play. I don't think anyone saw that um, CEH game coming. I, I mean, he saved it with a touchdown. Right, it would have been a fairly mediocre effort. Still would have been roughly eight nine points, but without the touchdown, it doesn't look any better than any of the other guys. Right, he would have been right in the same wheelhouse as Gibson yeah. and Montgomery. That's true. But I guess yeah, Gibson just. Another game that I think was he losing touches to Jared Patterson at some point in the game. He got benched for the third quarter. <laughs> that's a yeah. I mean, nineteen look. carries, ninety-five yards. That's a pretty decent line. But the I guess that fumble caused him to be uh, on the bench's naughty list or something. Because <laughs> it seems yeah. like a pretty pretty decent game to, to me. Yeah, for sure. And then looking down his list too, Pittman went quiet with you know in the wake of. Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> just onslaught. So lost out that way too, but and then lost Michael Carter partway through the game, which hurts too, because he's been a pretty solid asset late in the season here. Yeah, well luckily luckily for Connor, he's not out of the uh playoff race yet, so you know, don't lose hope. Yeah, you'd mentioned in the chat, I think, that it's either if him or Nick lose this week, it's eliminates either one of them, right? So well, they're going they're going head to head, yeah. So that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna match. be a good one. Nick's been on that that trajectory for a long time, hasn't he? He's winner winner die, right? So he's he's on a heater here too. Three in a row now. Yeah, he's he's won three. He uh, played against Zane this week and you know, our our next closest match here, you know, 116, 107, so you know. One touchdown away from being a, a different story, but Aaron Rodgers, 32 points after a pretty bad week, and Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs had huge games again. So Nick's team is uh, lighting it up at the right time of the year for him. Yeah, he's he's definitely showing up. Like Some of those guys have finally started to play, and as much as it pains me to say having Hopkins out makes that decision much easier, right? He's been tough to trust in any format. I think he hasn't put up the numbers DeAndre Hopkins should. So having him out makes that decision easy. It's, I'm not playing him, right? Whereas before, you had to plug him in starting lineup and he'd go and get you six points. So I think he's somewhat benefited in that aspect. And then when he is back and healthy, well, he's got a, one of the best receivers in the league to plug back in to go alongside Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the rest of his team. Yeah, I think I might be a little bit worried about his running backs right now with uh, the return of Clyde. Daryl's uh, not as locked and loaded as you'd hope, and uh, Elliot had some injury concerns. Um, I think he does. He play tomorrow. I can't remember, but um, yeah, they something do. to watch out. Yeah, and I think he'd been cleared last time I looked. Because I think the injury was twisted an ankle, but that wasn't what was on the injury report yesterday. I think it showed up as the same knee injury from before. So I think he's been cleared to go tomorrow, though. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that just kind of murkies up the situation. Pollard is on his bench, who's a pretty reliable backup. So maybe they uh, <clears throat> take Elliot out for a rest or something, and then that decision becomes more clear. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, side, you know, Hertz has a huge game. He's uh now he's starting to look like a good quarterback and a good fantasy quarterback. He, you know, is taking his team to some wins here. 40 to 29 over the, the Saints is not the this scoreline I was anticipating. No, definitely not. Like that's a good point that yeah, he's finally somewhat looking like a NFL quarterback, not just a fantasy quarterback too. And it's maybe Sirianni's finally kind of played to his strength a little bit, right? Let's not force him to throw the ball a whole ton. Like he's 24 attempts, 147 yards. He still puts up just about 31 points, right? He's new school Cam Newton, right? He's just the, the cheat code. He's a running back in the quarterback position, right? So yeah. that helps him a ton. So yeah, I think in most formats too, it, depending on league scoring, he's QB1 on the year, which yeah. is pretty huge, huge value where he drafted him. Oh, yeah, he was. I don't even know if he was drafted, actually. I think he was either undrafted or like a 15th rounder. I don't think anyone had much faith in him this year. Yeah, that's crazy. And again, being a Cardinals fan, this hurts to say, but I think he can remove the value brand, Kyler Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, down his list, Justin Jefferson has a huge game, 170 yards, two touchdowns. You'd think with a 30 from EQB and a 30 from a receiver, you'd have a pretty good game, but... The rest of his lineup just completely disappeared on him, and unfortunately, uh, the Kamara injury is uh, is hurting a little extra bad right now. Yeah, that's Kamara is interesting, and we'll jump in this later. The waiver pickups. Talk about my overspend of I can't even remember Tony there. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, you, like you say, having a thirty-three and a thirty out of your QB, you think that'd be tough to lose that one but then you got Emmanuel Sanders goes quiet on you too right it's the Buffalo downfall mm-hmm. they've had a few of their I guess weapons just fight each other out whether it's Beasley Sanders or Davis or even put Knox in that same category just fighting each other for production and it's it's tough to trust I mean look at their running backs too right there's now three of them in the mix that how do you start any of them with any confidence it's so. going to be tough for him, yeah, because at least Henderson will be back, who's been pretty good all year. And Sanders looked pretty good in his return, 16 for 94. So maybe uh, he rolls the dice with him. Yeah, I think he'd have to at this point, especially with Jordan Howard being out. I think they obviously showed their hand there. They don't trust Kenneth Gainwell at all. Health scratched him. And I mean, you might be back now that Jordan Howard's out for a few weeks. But I think that leaves it open a little bit more for Boston Scott, but still, San- Miles Sanders is going to be the, the focal point, I think, aside yeah. from Jalen Hurts, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Moving on to uh, Matt and Stefan here, another game where the quarterbacks were completely irrelevant to the matchup. Mahomes, six and a half points, and Russell Wilson, 6.48. It's just uh, not, not great numbers to see from two guys. You'd expect to be getting quite a bit more than that. Thankfully, uh, more t- members on Matt's team stood up. Swift had a pretty baller game, 136 yards, and McLaurin, another big game from him. So, <clears throat> and Freeman down there, Whew, 17 points. I didn't even see that. He's a, no one would have told you, believed you, if you said Devontae Freeman was the uh, the Baltimore running back of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's the fountain of youth has been found. <laughs> he's <laughs> like picked him up off the scrap heap and look at him go, right? Like he's, He's taking that role on. Like, 
how many injuries did they roll out of the preseason? They lost three running backs off the start, and then everyone kind of figured um, the rookie was going to take it over, and then, you know, Latavius Murray and Monte Freeman roll out of the old folks' home and take the roll from them. So, yeah. yeah. Good week, like you say. Swift having a really nice performance, despite being the, the Lions with David Blau or whatever his name was, playing quarterback. I don't know either, but uh, Goff is supposed to be back tomorrow's for Thursday's game, so that should be uh, <laughs> another bad game, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate when you're looking forward to Jared Goff being back at quarterback. Says <laughs> <laughs> the state of the team. But yeah, it was just heard today, like, how do the Detroit Lions still get this game? This, is anyone excited to wake up tomorrow morning on Thanksgiving and watch the Detroit Lions play? At some point, does the NFL say, like, do we do we just move this to someone else? Like, they've been <laughs> rebuilding since before we were born. <laughs> like, at some point, they have to move on. Well, they've been on pretty much, I think they've done every Thanksgiving, haven't they? Isn't that like, that's the that's the thing they do? They always have the Lions on Thursday for Thanksgiving? Yeah, and that was, that was the one interview's point. They're just like, at what point does the NFL to give it up? They're like, okay, until you show your something worth watching we got to move on from you but <laughs> it's tradition tradition whether it's good or bad i guess i guess yeah um so. stefan seem you know a little bit unlucky i guess um cmc looks great so i mean he has that going forward but lamb gets the unfortunate concussion comes out early metcalf is being destroyed by the seahawks lack of an offense and otherwise yeah, you know i think powerhouse powerhouse of running back so like James Connor, you could say is one of the steals of the draft too I think he's a touchdown leader on the year um yeah Nashi Harris I mean he's Nashi Harris right he's getting how many touches a week and volume speaks but he went out in the game too didn't he did he come back in towards the end like Monday night or he left with an injury for a bit didn't he uh I think he might have been like sidelined for a little bit yeah okay yeah I didn't get to watch much of that one Hopefully, he's still out there. And then, yeah, you got Christian McCaffrey just back doing McCaffrey things. Mm-hmm. And then if you get Cordell Patterson back, too. Yeah. That's true, right? Yeah. He's got a squad of running backs, for sure. Yeah, so just an unfortunate week that was tanked by, you know, not having a QB perform for him and some unlucky injuries. But I'm not too worried about his team right now. I'm you sure he'll, uh, he'll bounce back next week. Yeah, I think it's... As the Seahawks find their rhythm a bit, as Wilson's hand starts feeling a bit better, he'll be all right. Then C.D. Lamb, once he's back, it concerning that they're considering playing him tomorrow. <laughs> like no one recovers from a concussion in three days. Like, yeah, but that's the NFL. Yeah, he's apparently cleared what four of the five stages or something, and yeah, I'm sure that's all legit. Not not being rushed at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how severe the concussion was. It obviously can't be that bad if they've kind of rushed him through it this fast, but you worry you take another shot like that. That's pretty scary stuff. So hopefully they're doing what's right for him because he's yeah. a fun player to, player to watch and yeah, definitely a key fantasy asset. Mm-hmm. Went on to my matchup here against Zach. It was uh, a close one until, uh, until it wasn't. <laughs> Essentially, uh, <laughs> Sunday night. Justin Herbert and uh, awesome 
Austin Eckler uh, came out and decided to just win the game for me by scoring just about 80 points between the two of them. Uh, <laughs> Eckler saw Jonathan's Taylor 5 TD night and wanted to match it with his own 4. Just a complete turnaround when I thought this was going to be a real close one at the end there. We were 50-50 on before Sunday night. and Now, yeah, just complete blowout at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and it's such a random stack, right? Like, you usually don't think of a quarterback and a running back as the stack to have, right? Usually one or the other, but that's a weird, weird one, right? Like, Eckler's <laughs> just a receiving back and did work with it. And I can't remember what the numbers were, but I think he was definitely above 20 for all-time fantasy performances, and Jonathan Taylor was 11th all-time, I think, depending on the scoring format you put him in. Oh, but wow. It's still crazy to think that there's that many weeks that were better than that. Like, like, <laughs> like say, Eckler just shy of 40 points. Like that's monstrous. And then, yeah, Jonathan Taylor just eclipsed that with a whole other touchdown. Getting sidetracked here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zach's had a pretty good performance. Uh, Mike Williams showed up again. Chubb is back to himself. And mm-hmm. Darren Waller had a pretty good game, 116 yards. Barkley looks like he was he was pretty good, but clearly just being worked back in. And, of course, playing the Bucks is never going to be good for a running back. So, you know, unfortunate loss that he had to go up against such a high score, but maybe it'll go well for him in the future as he uh, makes the playoff push. Yeah, I think he's in pretty good shape. Like even Robinson's showing up to be a pretty good asset to have too, right? He's got Brady, who's always clutched down the stretch. And then like you say, once they work Barkley back in, it'll be he'll be fine. He seems to do that once he comes back from injury, starts a little bit slower, takes it easy and then just goes back to himself. So but I guess we'll see what happens with new play caller at the helm, right? Brady Kitchens rearing his head again with Jason Garrett being let go. So could be interesting to see what happens. Usually teams tend to kind of rally when something like that happens. So. Yeah, at least for a game or two, it's kind of, it was okay for the Raiders. And then uh, the last few, last few weeks, they've kind of come back to being the Raiders and I don't know what's happened to them. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and it's looking at, you lost Agnew this week too, which was kind of a nuts sucks because he was starting to show up, right? as almost one of those wide receiver running back combos that you could use, right? Like a week prior at one catch and still put up a huge week all on, all on the ground. Yeah, it's a good story too. I think he, uh, he was drafted as a cornerback and uh, transferred to becoming a receiver. And, you know, maybe that's, because Jacksonville doesn't have any skilled players, or maybe he just like found a found a new life, but uh, a little bit unfortunate end to his career, or not career, but this season for him. Yeah, which it that is super unfortunate for your team, especially like he's got a like the Jaguars have a great strength schedule for wide receivers. You get Atlanta, the Rams, which that's eh, okay. Tennessee, then coming to playoffs, Houston and the New York Jets. Unfortunately, he hit New England towards the end, but. Yeah, that's a good little. That would have been a good little run to have him for. Sounds like we should be going after Marvin Jones. <laughs> there you go. Everyone put all their money in because I got none left. <laughs> and our last matchup is the fabled JT game. Uh, Neil against Keith. Um, 
Of course, Taylor had uh, five touchdowns, you know, 51.9 points, just completely absurd numbers. And Devontae Adams also goes for 27 points and Waddle 17. So his team just, you know, firing all cylinders. And there's Ayuk at the bottom there, seven for seven, 85 and a touchdown. So. Yeah, he's showing signs of life again, which for anyone that's got Debo, you in this league is a little concerning, especially if the running backs come back and Debo can't play running back anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a pretty impressive score, 155, especially when your defense puts a negative three up for you, which you wouldn't expect out of the Bills. No, but. they were... Uh, it was supposed to be an interesting game between those two, and apparently the Bills have lost their identity recently. Yeah, and a lot of stuff I was listening to going into the week. Everyone was, I wouldn't say burying Taylor, but sliding him down the board a little bit, right? Like, you got to snap your expectations for him. He's playing against the Bills, they outrun defense, and then, yeah, pops off 52 points. Well, mm-hmm. that didn't work out. So, yeah. yeah, that's an impressive week for sure. And then on the other side, two actually, not a bad, bad week either for a QB. Outscores Josh Allen. Yeah, he's had a he's had a few good weeks now. I think he's kind of, kind of turned his the season around for himself, and you know the Dolphins have been pretty okay the last couple of weeks. And, um, unfortunately, Jacobs and Drake, when you have to play two running backs on the same team, you <laughs> you know you're in a tough situation. Didn't work out this week for him, but maybe you know he's only one week away from getting Aaron Jones back. Yeah, because he was already practicing this week too, I think, right? I think it's doubtful to go, but he's back in practice, so. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time he had that same injury, that was a sprained MCL, he was only out for two. So history repeats itself. He should be getting it back next week. Yeah, Keith's on a bit of a, a losing streak here. He's lost three in a row now, so not the, not the time to be going on one of those cold streaks. But, you know, he still has... Still has some talent on his team. Maybe he uh, sneaks in some wins here when it matters the most. Yeah, and if he gets Kyler Murray back and Kyler Murray does what he's known for, that helps him in the long run too. So. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't been playing with playing with him, and I think he's coming back next week. I don't know. Yeah, they're on their bye, right? So, I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall for him and Hopkins. It was questionable going into it. Their bodies next week. Obviously, they're not going to play, and both of them didn't play. So, yeah, you should get him back after the bye, and just in time for a playoff push. Let's move on to uh, the the waivers of the week. You know, not not a lot going on. I spent, I think, the most on a Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. You know, spent seven, six, and six combined, and a few other pickups were going for just some some interesting picks. Cam Newton. Is a uh, was a couple of bids on him looking to see what happens with there. Looks like a running back, so <laughs> yeah, he's showing signs of his own self, right? Like he's looking vintage cam in some ways, where getting near the goal line, you got to wonder how many tries they're going to give him in back to back weeks. You went in on the uh, in each week, Dontrell Hillard hype. <laughs> you lost out on that one, but uh, yeah. I've... I mean, I think we've talked about him the whole ton. And then next day later, I spent all my money on third string running back. <laughs> yeah, he Hillier did look good, right? And 
now they cut Peterson that might show up for him. And then yeah. what was the other running back they had? Um not McNichols, the other guy. Uh, Deontay Foreman. They had a third one too. He just went back on IR for the second time, so he's out for the year, which frees a little more room up too. Oh wow. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I uh I don't know how comfortable someone would feel playing him against the Patriots this week, so maybe maybe a little bit of silver lining that you didn't win that one out. Yeah, that's one of those situations you leave him sit there for a week and if he goes off on your bench, well, better than putting a dud up in your your lineup, right? You'd rather see that than yeah. Post a zero against the Patriots, which is completely possible. And then uh just a few hours ago, you know, we heard the news that Kamara has ruled out and Mark Ingram has popped up on the injury report looking doubtful or questionable this week. And uh, you go in on Tony Jones, $14. Yeah, so the kind of thought process behind that is obviously my running back are just all questionable at best, other than Mixon. And then you have the thought of losing Ingram for the week. It's like, I got to at least hedge that because with the news Aaron Jones being back in practice I might have then lost Dylan too and then as like it was right before waivers ran I was listening to or which show it was but there's a rumor that Kamara might be out a little bit longer than they're suggesting they're thinking it might stretch a few weeks farther and I mean who knows how much truth behind that but well worth worth the gamble at this point I got to at least try to fight and get the handcuff if I can, right? Because if Ingram goes out and mm-hmm. he's down for a bit, that kind of opens the door for a rookie like Tony Jones to kind of take that role back. So that was yeah, the thought process on that. The the first game of the year, you know, he had 11 attempts, 50 yards. So, you know, it's clearly they, they like him a little bit. I mean, otherwise it's just a bunch of practice squad guys. Apparently Lamar Miller is kicking around, so <laughs> good. I'd rather go in on Tony Jones than him. <laughs> yeah, my only concern after I placed it was like this just shaping up to be a Taysom Hill running back game. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are playing Buffalo, so it's gonna be well. I mean, maybe they'll people learn something how the Colts ran against them. Yeah, hope so for my sake. Anyway, <laughs> gonna need all of it. Yeah, not, not much else going on this week for pickups, and trade deadline was Monday after the game, so none of that going on anymore. Everyone has their rosters now, and I think we're maybe hoping someone would sneak some trades in, but I guess it just didn't happen. Were you uh, asking around at all? Yeah, and it actually, I kind of, life got in the way, unfortunately. Life, fantasy football is more important, but <laughs> I just, yeah, got super busy and kind of lost track of time and didn't pursue much of it. I'd reach out for Javante Williams. I, I do think he might start to take a bit of the rollover, and if not, the keeper value. But other than that, no, I didn't didn't do a whole bunch of shopping around and looking at my team now. I, I regret it because, yeah, I'm just a few starters away from coming back that I'd have no starting running back anymore. <laughs> With uh, Barkley being back, um, Mary coming back, Aaron Jones coming back. Puts me puts me in a tough spot, but we'll survive. Try yeah, you've made it this far. I uh, I think I might have been doing the similar kind of trade you were talking about. I uh, poked around Javante as well. <laughs> yeah, just for me, just I didn't have a, a piece I could let go that was worth giving, like worth the return. 
if I I just left these too shallow elsewhere, so like, oh well, no sense, you know, filling one hole and leaving another. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. It's uh, I've uh gone from a few receivers to just one right now, <laughs> who is more of a running back. <laughs> yeah, so. no doubt. <laughs> I should have shot Mooney a little bit harder than I did, but hard to trust that production too. Like looking at his numbers from last week. Five receptions on 16 targets. <laughs> not a very efficient catch rate. So, well, I imagine you're probably going to start him tomorrow. Yeah, I'm shaping up to be that. Like, I don't think I can trust either Ingram or Tony Jones to. They do. If, I mean, if Ingram starts and he gets injured, well, that leaves me high and dry. And then I don't know if I trust starting Tony Jones against the Bills, who are now healthy again. So, yes. Yeah, Shaping up to be a Darnell Mooney week. Well, it'll be something to watch, anyways. It's nice and early in the morning. <laughs> I guess they are playing the Lions, so that does help. And with Robinson out again, it leaves more targets open. So hopefully. Dalton is uh, probably a better thrower than Justin Fields at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think long term, I think as the offseason goes, Fields and Mooney are going to get together and that up but yeah at this point it, I don't think it's a yeah. ma- massive downgrade by any means they can solve their coaching issues I think they'll have a decent future you hear what happened at Matt Nagy's kids like a football or basketball game yeah people are booing saying fire Nagy <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on <laughs> but, yeah. you know it's not Nagy's fault he has the job <laughs> he's not gonna quit <laughs> no no you definitely would not uh well so moving into i guess the next week's matchups i kind of want to do like a playoff primer here i want to kind of break down what everyone's outlook is trying to get into the playoffs with three games to go uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs yeah that's i'm just reading through your notes here Nets. It's, it's still very much up in the air, eh? Like it's it can go a lot of different ways. Yeah, Just... the the thing I learned that was fascinating to me is we could have uh, seven seven teams tied at seven and seven, which would just be completely amazing. <laughs> and then those David Montgomery points that Connor benched a few weeks ago could come back and haunt him. Yeah, I'm, there's gonna I'm be holding on to that. It's gonna gonna get him. <laughs> That's right. There's gonna be a lot of tiebreakers coming up, and I mean, if you look at uh, the the points for right now, like Neil obviously is a runaway with uh, over 100 points on second place, which is me at 1400. So, you know, pretty much every tiebreaker imaginable, Neil is sitting pretty. Yeah. So does our league, is it runs points for first and then would be like if you beat the per- like the matchups after is that how it would default to? Uh, I think so. I can look into the. The exact details there. Um, but yeah, play, points four first. So if there's somehow a tie, then <laughs> I'll look into it. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that we could be looking that deep into it at this point <laughs> with a potential seven-way tie showing up. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, you know, you're, you're second right now, seven and four with, you know, your points four is pretty nice. It's third place right now. Um, just only 20 points behind me. So, you know, unlikely that um you're gonna somehow be dropping down the list in those tiebreakers i don't think 
Yeah, I hope not. I've had, yeah, kind of a weird, some quiet weeks and then just massive weeks, right? Whereas I don't like that. I'd rather steady performance. So you're not doing those big swings. Yeah, you have one quiet week and you get a week like you had at 160. That can shift things pretty fast, too, though. Like when yeah. there's only 20 points separating most of the league here. Mm-hmm. Well, looking into it, you know, if you somehow were to lose out, you know, never a good thing, but you know, based on how other games can go, you could still make the playoffs. So I think if I'm you and the I'm pretty confident where you're sitting right now. Obviously you want to get that that buy up to skip a game, but mm-hmm. you know almost al- almost locked at this point. Yeah, do you run how far out are we from someone clinching a spot? That is a good question. Um it's kind of like that's putting a lot of variables into it because at that point it's all depends on what the rest of the league does right so many different yeah combinations but it's i don't imagine we're going to see a lock until probably week 13 at the earliest well i am the seventh seed with five wins so if you win if you or neil win next week and i lose then that i think that essentially locks you up because then i'll be two games back or three games back and only two to go so yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I I feel like yeah, if you guys win this week, you're probably locked in from the looks of it. Where you're gonna end up overall? That that is that's the part that is a lot to go. Yeah, and sitting in second with the the squad I have isn't a comfortable spot to be with guys <laughs> like Stefan sitting underneath me. It's like, oh boy, this could this could look a lot different in a week or two. Yeah, definitely. And uh, playing around with some matches, some more, you know, some some teams that we can have up to five teams at six and eight, which would uh, mean that, you know, Zach, Connor and Nick are all still in the running here that they uh, just get two more wins out of these last three. They could still somehow make the playoffs. So, you know, don't count them out now. They only, you know, obviously winning out's the way to go. But, you know, um, two, two of three, that's doable. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy how Nick spun that around. Like, he had a rough start. Yeah. I really enjoyed his message earlier this week. He told us all to look at the standings because he wasn't at last anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worries me a lot since he's been in our playoffs consistently and in the championship a lot. So I just prefer if he's not around for those. <laughs> yeah, eighth, eighth, ninth is a good spot for him. That's not quite the bottom. Yeah, he, you know, two games back, so not out of not out of it yet. Um, and uh, some more fun things, at least for me, anyways, is that I can end up first overall, which would be uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy. You say at five and six with what are we four weeks left here now? Four games that three and three games to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can switch that much. So that's. That's a pretty competitive league. Usually you see at this point some sort of separation where there's a straightaway that guy's a lock for playoffs at least. And there's not much of that right now. Yeah, there's like there's a good sense and some of the matchups here is we'll kind of go into them a little bit here. Um I was saying in the chat, Connor and uh Nick go head to head this week, which is a pretty big game since they're both sitting there at four and seven and 
going four and eight for one of them is not the end of the world, but most likely going to do it in for one of them. So this is essentially a playoff a game between Nick and Connor this week. I like that. It's do or die gladiator style. Like, and kind of looking at their matchup here. Rolling ahead. I think Nick was favored last time I looked. It's uh, well, slightly in Connor's favor right now. Yeah. but There it goes, yeah. It also depends how guys move lineups around as it goes too, right? But yeah, yeah, that's that's a super interesting matchup. <laughs> I'm sure Connor's chomping at the bit to get back at it, you know, after being down by less than half a point on Sting. So yeah, yeah and, uh, re- revenge on the mind. This I don't know if it's going to end up this way, but uh, Nick is going to do a first this year, I think, and he's playing two tight ends this week. Oh, he is too. Look at that. Mark Andrews and Gronkowski. I mean, they are both pretty good, so I like I don't blame him for doing something like that. And looking at his bench, you know, I <laughs> that's probably the best decision he can make. So it's uh it's gonna be interesting for him. And <clears throat> Elliot and Pollard are both going tomorrow. He has them in, so he's gonna know pretty early on if where what kind of hole he's in or if he's ahead. Yeah, and that's been the interesting thing with Dallas too is Usually you think there's no way I'm starting two running backs for the same squad, but they've done a few of those games where they've both come out with pretty respectable weeks and against, like, say, a Las Vegas team that's in shambles. Right now, it's it could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Connor, you know, Lamar against Cleveland could be a good game. Hopefully he doesn't have the flu anymore, and <laughs> Montgomery is back. Hopefully, hopefully to his regular self, he is playing Detroit, so... Odds are looking good for him. Kittle has walked back into being that top end tight end that you wanted when he drafted third over in the third round. Yeah, and he's he looked really good since he's been back. He hasn't usually, you know, most games he's limping around or shaking something off. He's looked pretty solid for his history. So, knock on wood that that keeps up because yeah, he's a he's a fun guy to watch. I like watching him play a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I give the the edge to Connor right now with the fact that Nick's kind of forced to play both Cowboys running backs is not ideal, but uh, especially if we hear that uh, Elliot's hurt or something, that he's kind of stuck with what he has. So, yeah, and there there's no situation he'd be putting Ronald Jones in over either one of those. I don't think unless one of them was ruled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got the touchdown, but I feel like that was just circumstance more than uh, anything. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you look at Connor's got a lot of pretty pretty key or favorable matchups, like say Lamar in Cleveland, Montgomery in Detroit, mm-hmm. Gibson in Seattle, Lockett in Washington. I think they're those are all people that could go off fairly easily, right? Especially Lockett against Washington. I think Seattle's gonna be looking for a get right game here and Washington can be the team to do it against. Another uh, interesting matchup here is we got the Keith and Matt six and five going head to head, and Stefan and uh, Neil uh, two two big shots to give uh, some of those uh, lower scoring teams. Zach, he's playing you this week, so you know he's watching those games with the chance to catch some people. And I'm playing a uh, Zane. You know I have destiny in my hand here to hop into the top six with a win here. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of these matches really shape. Like, this next week's going to decide a lot, I think. It shifts the whole league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much playing a eliminator here. If you uh you beat Zach, you know, it's not good for his team and good. So, you know, you could be eliminating someone from the playoffs this week. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through a matchup. I, I know it's got me favored at the moment, but you look at my roster currently, everything's labeled as a red or an orange for matchup, which you can't always trust. And then half my team's questionable too. It's like, oh boy make a few changes before tomorrow happens. But yeah, I'd, my extra 8% on him right now is I don't feel confident with that at all. Yeah, I think that's a bit. It's 59-41, so it's close. But yeah, maybe a little bit a little bit too much, I think. It's probably closer than that. You know, Brady's been consistently good. Um, Robinson and Chubb are some pretty good running backs that, you know, continue to play well, so... I guess it, a lot depends on Zach going with those boom or bust. Mike Williams and Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, they could both end up with zero catches on the day. Yeah, that's very true. I, I think Saquon's going to be back in full force or closer to it, especially against Philly. It's been run on. They've been shut down a little bit more over the last few weeks, but still, he's Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as you mentioned. Robinson against Atlanta is a great matchup for him. And then Nick Chubb's just Nick Chubb. He'll, he'll put up no matter what, what game he's in. Yeah, so this, this is going to be good, man. It's going to be close. Yeah, and I got a, quite a few guys potentially going tomorrow, too. So we could know a lot lot more by the end of tomorrow what, the, what this matchup's looking like. Yep, you got two guys at least. And Zach also has a two as well for tomorrow so cool. we will know yeah because like i say roll out darnell mooney and hopefully puts up another 20 spot for me yeah rather than the zero the last time i played him <laughs> stefan and uh neil here the six and five and seven and four it's gonna be you know not the end of anyone's playoff dreams here but we'll have pre-ramifications especially if uh if Stefan wins, that's going to be a big swing as uh, the top seeds get muddled around with that. Mm-hmm. And I I like Stefan a lot this week. I think the Rams coming off their bye are going to be kind of smartened up a little bit. They had a few down weeks, so I think they're going to be looking good coming out of that, especially against Green Bay. Stafford should show up pretty, pretty well. And then, yeah, we've talked about his elite force of running backs that he can roll out and then his wide receivers, nothing to scoff at either. So I could see it happening. I know they got him as a bit of a dog right now, but that's going to be a tight one too, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's going to come down to what JT does. You know, he's playing the Bucks this week, so that, you know that's another supposed to be bad matchup for the running game. But after last week's domination, <clears throat> I'm not sure he has bad matchups anymore. So, yeah going to be interesting and he does have murray in on his side um for neil which is uh is going to be interesting i you know he's even playing back to his full health yet i don't know but yeah and as we talked about earlier like with Vontae freeman i think he's sort of locked up much to be can in baltimore starting job but 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's going to be a running game with Lamar and yeah, with Murray back now too. That's a lot of mouths to feed in the running game. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have a whole bunch of other options. I'm just kind of scrolling down. Like Sony Michelle, you can't really trust with Henderson in there. So might be kind of handcuffed to use him. Yeah, look, <clears throat> I believe Kareem Hunt was activated from IR. So uh, he has till Saturday oh, night yeah. to decide right. if he's playing. And if he's playing, like that's probably a better choice than uh, Murray. So that's <laughs> a pretty good Absolutely. fallback, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and that puts a potential option back on the waiver wire, which is nice. So get on that. Drop someone. Let us feast. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to Keith and Matt here. Um, looks like Matt hasn't uh, dug into sorting out his buys, so it's a little bit lopsided with Mahomes and Hill missing out. But, of course, missing Mahomes and Hill might might be... <laughs> too much to come back from for Matt this week. Yeah, he's yeah, so he's the one that got Cam Newton, so that that fills that hole, especially against Miami. Mind you, I could see Miami shutting him down, right? They're they're showing up as a defense a bit more too. They're showing that nine man front on the line. It they could shut Cam Newton down to an extent. Still a big body and can punch it on the goal line. But yeah, to fill that Tyreek Hill Cool. Yeah, and as well as uh, AJ Green also is on the bye, so he has uh, two receivers to fill in for. Yeah, so he gets you get roll court and stuff. Note, hopefully with that big contract signing, he shows back up, and then you get Javante Williams back in the lineup too, which helps. I think that's that's the two starts I would roll as opposed to mm-hmm. risking the Hilliard move at this point. Yeah, across the field though, yeah. Tonga Vilo, who looks pretty good, and Carolina's defense, well, they've been okay, but maybe beatable recently. And Josh Jacobs is going tomorrow afternoon against Dallas, who has been pretty good defensively as well, so maybe mm-hmm. not a rock-solid play there, but Moore and Higgins, you know, a couple, couple down weeks for them, but I imagine I think Moore is better with Newton than he was with uh, Darnold, so looking up for him, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a downgrade from anyone over Darnold. <laughs> he's anything's looking up. The only trouble is, you know, he's got McCaffrey back healthy and doing McCaffrey things, stealing a lot of receptions, right? So, yeah. But overall, I think you're right. He's looking better in the long run. And he currently has Aaron Jones in, who's questionable. I feel like he's not going to play this week, but um especially with the bye after this i imagine they're just not going to play him until week 14 against chicago so probably going to be yeah. searching for someone to fill in for him there well and that's the tricky thing for him too right now is he's got Kenyon drake as another option but he goes tomorrow so oh yeah you roll the dice and hope that aaron jones plays or do you just plug Kenny drake back in there and run the las vegas tandem against dallas yeah, I mean, might have some flexibility, maybe dropping uh, San Francisco or, uh, I don't know, Howard. I don't know if his his fantasy season is, is done at this point with Doubtful this week, and then he does have the Jets, but then another bye. So, you know, for making the playoffs, is he even worth holding on to at this point? And not that he's old in 
life terms, but in football, he's old, right? So coming back from injury is going to be a lower process than a younger guy, too. So he might be a little more extended, so they might keep him out through that bye week. And then, yeah, at that point, he is droppable because I think Miles Sanders should secure that role back by that point. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, it could be interesting. It's a little bit lopsided right now in Keith's favor, but, you know, with some moves, Matt will be right back into it. And both teams at six and five. So the loser here is, uh, you know, going to be sitting on the edge there of the standings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where, which way to lean on that one. I, that's going to be a tight one. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like Keith has it just because uh, filling in Mahomes Hill and AJ Green is, is a tough task to do <laughs> without losing someone to the waiver wire. So. We'll uh, see what Matt does in the next couple of days here. Figures things things out. Yeah, I again looking at it, Newton, Williams, and Sutton are easy plugins, not the the best options by any means. But I think he could survive, especially if Aaron Jones doesn't go. That that's going to be the big swing. If Aaron Jones yeah. doesn't play, then this becomes a whole different matchup. Mm-hmm. And to the I believe our last matchup here is mine against Zane. Um, a big one for me. I know if I win this, I uh, essentially leapfrog at least Zane into the top six here because uh, I should have the tiebreaker assuming I win. So it'll be it's a big game for myself. He uh, does get Sanders back and who's looked pretty good. And Elijah Moore has been a second half darling here in the receiver world. He's having that. That breakout a lot of people thought he would have. Yeah, he's been pretty phenomenal. Like, and it's been pretty much quarterback proof. Was he seen four different quarterbacks in the last five weeks? Maybe yeah. shorter. And <laughs> been pretty good, right? I know Flacco last week did exactly what you'd hoped, right? He just fed on the ball and went huge. And he gets Zach Wilson back that rookie stack should should pan out over time and yeah he's he's a weapon down the stretch for sure yeah playing houston is also a pretty favorable matchup too so you know it could be another big week for him yeah that's that was one of the i know trendy waiver pickups right is houston's defense this week after they kind of showed up against tennessee so i'd be curious to see how that pans out and i think nick went in on him so yeah he does another elijah Moore game that might turn on a bite nick yeah, it'll be that's an interesting one. It could be one of those trap kind of games, but who knows? You know, I'm playing. I picked up Chicago this week to play against Detroit, which everyone says on paper will probably be a slaughter. Which just makes me more worried that uh, Detroit's gonna show up for prime time ten in the morning. And uh, I believe last was it last year or two years ago uh, when David Blau came in and he threw that like. 60 yard bomb to Galladay on the first play or something. And people are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they were having the same discussion the day before to start the defense. Like, whoever they're playing, start them because they're playing, you know, the Lions. And like I say, primetime games are always a different story. Yeah. And they, they might be looking to get right too, as right as you can get in the state they are. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope for more of the same from them. You know, just nothing out of them. Just zero points would be great. <laughs> yeah, like aside from Hawkinson and Swift, 
most people would have a hard time naming another offensive player on that team. Like there's yeah. That's pretty dire straits over there. Like when Yep, they definitely have a carousel of guys there, but who knows which ones are playing each given week. Yeah, like as Amron St. Brown's one of your most recognizable players, it's it's concerning. Yeah. Yeah, farther into that matchup. I think yeah, I think I think your chances though. I think you're looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty dependent on that uh Chargers Broncos game going going to be a a big one rather than a that close divisional tight one that ends up being like a 10 to 7 kind of game. Got at mm-hmm. least I got three players banking on it, so <laughs> hopefully it's a like a 27 to 24 kind of game instead. Yeah. I know Denver's kind of got that shutdown defense reputation again, but if Herbert and Eckler click, then hard to shut that down at all. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be, like I say, a division matchup. That's a tough one to predict. Yeah. And has been... Oh, go ahead. Seeing Odell Beckham out there, too. Going for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm rolling him out. I, you know, probably the best other option I have for upside, I guess. Um, you know, I think give him the one week to acclimate, then a bye. So... Yeah, it could be something. I mean, I, he's definitely more interesting than Van Jefferson at this point. I so and Green Bay is probably going to score. So, I, uh, hopefully the the Rams are back to their offensive selves they were a few weeks ago. Yeah, and the one I guess positive takeaway: you watch that first game he played. Like he'd been there for what three days, and he had one route, but that was the deep ball, and that's. You can make an entire week performance on one of those catches, right? He beats the defender and goes long. That's you'd make your whole week on one catch. And he's got now three weeks under the belt, a bye week to learn the playbook. He should be in better shape. Yeah, but I, I hope did, so. Did hear a comment that McVeigh made in an interview, kind of like it's still a work in progress to suggest, like almost <laughs> there's a lot long way to go, but. He's still a star wide receiver, and they'll work him in. Like I say, he's better than the other options, I think, for sure. Yeah, I mean, my other options were Alex Collins or uh, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson didn't have a great game. Um, and now if Elijah Mitchell Mitchell is back, um, you know, his value drops quite tremendously in the Seahawks offense, I just don't really trust at all. So, no, and even I, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Pete Carroll pulled a first in a media interview, like he just walked out, which is super rare for him, right? He's usually all sunshine and rainbows, positive, and so if he's that frustrated, you know things aren't mm-hmm. great. Yeah, like I mean, Collins will get work, but you know. 10 for 44, 10 for 41, 10 for 36, his last three games, so no touchdowns. The volume's there, but if he doesn't fall into the end zone, it's not happening, and with the way Russ is playing, eh, I just don't know if they'll even get there. Washington has been exploitable defensively, but... eh. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're definitely not what they were made out to be preseason, right? Everyone thought they were going to be one of the shutdown defenses of the league. 
and off the start they definitely were not now they've ran some injury issues like they lost chase young for the year so they can't be exploitable but yeah i don't don't blame you one bit for not trusting collins to go and then yeah i think say wilson didn't didn't do much with the workload he got 19 touches for like was it 50 yards yeah yeah he did so. he did miss a, a touchdown that Jared Goff just completely missed throwing him the ball, which is uh you know we'd be looking at the stat line a little differently, but yeah, with Mitchell back it's or probably back it uh, <clears throat> his value drops quite a bit, I think. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of that shows to San Francisco like how much they don't trust Trey Sermon. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I guess we'll see this week, right? If Mitchell's not back and he still doesn't get a look. Yeah, that would be the bust of a draft for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Especially since they drafted him and pretty high up too, right? I think they even traded up to get to that spot to get him. Yeah. they so, The management clearly likes him and the coach does not, so... Oh well. Yeah, and what I heard about him is he didn't show up with a bad attitude, but he just he figured he was walking in as the go-to guy and this was his job and that's not how Shanahan runs, right? Yeah. Clearly, he's been in the doghouse since and not shown any signs of getting out. Yeah. But yeah, good point that yeah, the management liked him and coach didn't because he's not a Shanahan running back. Like Shanahan's a fast guy and Sermon didn't have big speed coming out of college. So it was yeah. a little weird that that's the pick they chose. Yeah, maybe next year, right? He could be, could be interesting. They, they always seem to have a carousel of who's the running back of the year. So, mm-hmm. who knows? But it'll, it'll be interesting. I think we're pretty evenly matched here. I'm probably a bit fortunate that Kamara isn't playing again, but I think we're pretty closely matched here. Yeah, I think so. Looking through the rest of it, I like your. I like that you grab Pat Firemuth. I think that's a. He's going to be a key play down the stretch here. And yeah, I needed it. Needed the fill in for Kelsey. So, yeah, that's right. I forgot you had Kelsey. So, yeah, it's a pretty clutch grab for a bye week. I think he's pretty well locked and loaded. Yeah, he had one down week, but since he's kind of come on the scene, and we was it six he showed up, he's been pretty solid. Yeah, he he's looked pretty good, and Ebron got hurt after after his touchdown on Sunday night. So, you know the. He's all alone now as the, the tight end, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. It is against Cincinnati, so it could be that kind of divisional game. But Yeah, those teams have a history, so that could be an interesting one. Yeah. Especially if Big Ben just turns to force it to Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, the whole game. That Yeah, we'll see. But they've been doing that, and Byron was still putting up numbers, so I think you're all right. I hope so. Well, that's is uh, that's all of our matches. So, is there any uh, other playoff implications you're uh, curious about? Not really. Like I said, I think this week, as much as we talk about how it's going to be hard to decide, I think this week's going to shape up the big picture overall. I think it'll kind of frame the six teams that are going to be in there, and it'll kind of be where everyone fits after that, right? But yeah. yeah. It's, Excited it's, to see Nick and Nick and Connor's game. I'm going to be watching that one pretty close. Yeah, that's our that's our first playoff matchup. 
for sure. And yeah, um, Zach's also fighting for his playoff life too against you. So I just I'm just scrolling through the chat here. I noticed Stefan picked up Mike Davis. What is he doing? Like he's got an embarrassment <laughs> of riches, but yeah, he's running into potential not having CD Lamb and then buys. So makes more sense now. But it's like Stefan, what are you doing? But yeah, <laughs> I, I get it now. Yeah, and we don't know what's what the deal with Cordell is, so maybe emergency backup play, I guess. But yeah, I don't I don't imagine he even sees the starting lineup unless you absolutely are desperate. <laughs> yeah, because even was it weeks ago when they thought he was going to be the starter, and then Quadre Olson came in, took the majority of the touches, just didn't like Mike Davis at all yeah. in Atlanta. But too bad people thought he'd be he'd be the guy this year, but. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he played so well with the Panthers when McCaffrey went out last year, right? So, yeah, yeah, he was like but, a fourth round pick too. So, <laughs> yeah, is it Nick that drafted him? Yeah, yeah, it's all right, Nick. I drafted Trey Sermon in the sixth and dropped him shortly after. So, we all do it. Oh. Yep, it happens. A lot of a lot has changed since the draft, but here we are, and it doesn't matter now. I do like sleepers' visual touches, though. How I'm. The fire on the teams, that's the neat touch. Like to see that continue to grow <laughs> rather than get extinguished. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of nice things like that. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. It's uh it's gonna be a wild one this weekend. And you know, nothing against you personally, Jaron, but you know, losing helps me get closer to that number one seed. So I'm gonna root against you just a little bit. <laughs> no, it's all good. League needs a heal. I'll be that guy. <laughs> Especially with the, the lineup I have. I, yeah. I understand the frustration seeing me win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not frustrated that you're winning. I just uh, am selfish and I want bye weeks. So yeah. <laughs> I need the better teams to lose. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you at all. Competition. Well, it's been good chatting with you. Have a good one. Yeah, likewise. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>